that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Is this a personnel issue? Is I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his can't, part. You can't, you can't, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Texas 24 Podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me, once again, as we talk to coaches throughout the state, is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing this morning? Doing good, my man. Yeah, we got uh, Scott Drew from Baylor Men's Basketball here. Uh, coach, uh, how are you this morning? You know, first day of school, we were just talking about it. Uh, everything is going well so far. Yeah, so far, nobody's in trouble for uh, not turning in homework or missing a quiz or study hall. So, we're hey, we're doing well today. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and... Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about last season, look at this season, obviously um, plenty of turnover uh, going into uh, the 2022-23 year. But let's look at last year first because, I mean, it was, in my opinion, just an incredible job from you, the coaching staff, and really the team just to, to come together, to stay together throughout the injuries of LJ Cryer, Jonathan Chamochachua, uh, Langston Love, which a lot of people don't mention, but, um, I mean, I was very – I am very high on Langston Love. Um to get through all that, you're still in the year 27 and seven overall, 14 and four in the Big 12, um, losing the second round in an, I mean, just an incredible game, obviously, uh, North Carolina, who ends up going to the championship game. But when you look at last year as a whole, what, how would you describe it? What do you take away from it? And just what was last year like for you? Yeah. Well, uh, um, I think you did a great job uh, bringing the whole summary together in about uh, two minutes. So well there done go. there. But uh, uh, for me, going into the year, it's so hard to repeat. You look at it since the John Wooden days yeah. and only uh, two schools um, have been able to do that uh, uh, with Florida and Duke. And we were we put ourselves in a position. You're 15 and 0. And then you'd already had one season-ending injury, like you said, to Langston Love. And then you lose your leading scorer, L.J. Cryer. Then you lose your co-defensive player of the year in the Big 12 in uh, Jonathan Chamwachachua. So any team you take out uh, uh, three players like that, um, defensive player of the year, leading scorer, and then you lose Langston at the beginning of the year, really make it tough on your team. And uh, I thought the guys did a great job rallying. You lose to a team that finishes second, and uh, we, we had a chance to win that game. So uh, uh, what was it, tied the largest NCAA uh, comeback in that game yeah. uh, to send it to overtime. So really proud of uh, what we accomplished last year. At the same time, uh, you, you won back-to-back -back Big 12 titles. And that's something uh, uh, the Big 12 has been the toughest conference in the country now um, for the last eight, nine years analytically. And if you can win the toughest conference in the country, you're really doing something well. Can you talk a little bit about how you reinvented the team a little bit last year? Because heading into the year, you know, you lose your senior core 
And me and Matthew were like, okay, well, the system's there, obviously, but, you know, you bring in a bunch of new guys, James Akinjo, Soshan, you know, Kendall Brown. What, I don't know, as a coach, how did you approach last season, knowing the expectations were really high? And especially, as you mentioned, the first half of the season kind of hit the ground running and almost looking like these guys have been together for multiple years. Well, I think uh, uh, first and foremost, you look at the last three years in the Power Five, we've been the winningest uh, program in the country, and there's great reason for that. starts with uh, uh, great players, but then their leadership and uh, putting the team first, and um, we call it a always player-led team, and uh, you look at it, uh, you're only able to do that the last three years when you have upperclassmen that are leading their way, leading the way, and uh, we've been blessed to have great upperclassmen for the last three years doing that, and uh, I think this year it'll carry on. Uh, doesn't guarantee success, but uh, without it, uh, uh, it's really hard to achieve. So um, hopefully, uh, uh, we always say 18 to 22-year-olds listen more to their peers than they do their coaches. Uh, unfortunately, that is true. <laughs> and so you got to have great upperclassmen. Uh, and as long as uh, we have that, it gives us a chance. And um, to win, you got to not only have uh, that chemistry and leadership, but you have to have talent. And uh, last year, you look at in the draft, and you have the ninth pick in the draft, uh, uh, Jeremy Sohan, who didn't even start for us, sixth man of the year, and yet ninth pick in the draft. And then uh, uh, Kendall Brown also taken uh, in the NBA draft. And uh, James was with the Atlanta Summer League, and we'll see where he ends up. Uh, but uh, it was a great group of guys. Um, that uh, uh, really uh, contributed a lot. And because of that, um, put us in a position this year where uh, um, we still have returning experience, um, but we had some holes to fill with those guys leaving early. And uh, hopefully we've been able to do that. And we'll find out soon enough as we start games in a couple months here. Yeah, the as I was looking at last year and as we covered last year, obviously we you know do this twice a week throughout the season and it's like the first 15 games were such a whirlwind where it's just like win 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 and we liked our whirlwind by the way yeah (laughs) it was it was yeah it was it was interesting so then um you know you go through the season and it's like offensively last year's team obviously couldn't you know match the the 2021 team in 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 some areas especially like three point that three point shooting team was historic that 20 uh, 21 team was but defensively you know Kendall Brown Jeremy Sohan and the link that y'all kind of had in that that yeah. on the wing and the front court was so interesting to watch um, for you as a coach obviously you've had length in the past as well but going from a team that was like you know three guards and uh, mm-hmm. Mark Vidal and you know kind of a little mm-hmm. undersized there to have that much size what was that like for you and helping you know your defense and just how you wanted to to play well, the the great thing is uh, every team's going to have strengths and weaknesses, yeah. and with size and length, uh, it allows you to switch more and uh, obviously contest passes more. Uh, with with the defensive uh, um, scheme, the last couple of years we've had the same uh, no middle defense, but uh, it, it, you just cover more with the six eight athlete than you do a six three guy. So um, with us defensively, I thought. Uh, 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 the freshmen did a great job picking up uh, what we wanted them to do and their athleticism and desire to compete on the defensive end. And uh, that goes into, I think, our assistants do a great job identifying who's going to fit in the team aspect because a lot of time the young players 
uh, care more about that offensive end than they do the defensive end when you know the importance of the defensive end. And um, offensively, we've been tremendous uh, uh, in the last like 12 years. We have the second best uh, offense analytically to Duke uh, as far as top 25 finishes. Um, so I, I know our staff's done a great job in uh, putting guys in positions to be successful and then our players doing a great job in working uh, to make sure when they have their opportunities to get high percentage shots, they knock them down and they know what we're looking for. Um, but good defense really uh, allows you to have easy offense because uh, we all know transition defenses are not as good as half court set defenses. So um, our defense has really fueled our offense and uh, allowed it to go to another level. And uh, hopefully, uh, again, you have enough returning players that they can help with the scheme so that uh, uh, the freshmen uh, can can follow uh, their lead rather than trying to figure things out on them uh, uh, on themselves or by themselves. And uh, this year we had a great opportunity to go to Canada, and I think that was uh, with with several of our veterans returning or recovering from injuries. Uh, L.J. Langston and Adam not being there, it allowed uh, Dale, Dantuan, and Keontae to get a lot of minutes and a lot of experience in the backcourt. And then your transfers, Jalen and Caleb, uh, a chance to play a lot of minutes and, and start to figure things uh, out themselves. And uh, hopefully that gives us uh, uh, an, an advantage heading into the season this year. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, uh, you mentioned him, LJ Cryer, you know, from last year, I guess from his freshman year to last year, what he mm -hmm. kind of that jump he took and then heading into this year, how big of a part he's going to play. You know, I remember when he was at Kitty Morton Ranch with Eddie Lampkin, and unfortunately he was one of the guys that didn't get to see through his full year because of COVID, um, you know, but just talk, talk about the jump that he had last year, because this is a guy averaging Three, obviously, he was a great recruit coming out of high school, mm -hmm. but averaging three points on a team where it's hard mm -hmm. to kind of make his way into that lineup um, with that guard play to last year, all of a sudden being the leading scorer of the team before you guys lose him for the year. Well, the great thing is every day you practice a lot more in college than you do play games. In the NBA, you play more games than you practice. So um, every day him going against Davion, Jared, and Maceo, I mean, uh, that really uh, uh, allowed him to improve and get better. Uh with one of the best strengths about uh, Jared, Macy, and Davion is they, they didn't get injured. <laughs> and yeah, the best abilities, availability. Yeah. So uh, it, that that kept it where it was harder for him to get uh, playing time uh, opportunities because uh, those guys were always healthy. But uh, at the same time, you saw last year just how much better he got during that year uh, out and uh, really uh, operated offensively and defensively at a high level. And has improved in a lot of areas and uh, that injury when, when, when he went out really obviously affected our team last year, but uh, hopefully uh, he's, he's healthy this year and is able to pick up where he left off uh, last year. And that's somebody that can really contribute on the offense and defensive end. And uh, you mentioned the scoring because everybody knew him out of high school, he was such a prolific scorer, but the best thing he does is, uh, he can shoot it from deep, which stretches the defense. And uh, God gave him a great burst, so he's really improved his finishing. So now it becomes tougher to guard him because when you're guarding him at 25 feet, he's getting in the pain. He's creating offense for his teammates. He's improved his finishing. And then defensively, uh, he he's somebody that uh, has the capability to be a great two-way player. And uh, 
he probably made his biggest strides last year defensively as he did offensively. And uh, that's a big reason we were 15 and 0 as well. Yeah. Well, as we start to look at this coming season, um, we, we talked to mom already Langston love a guy who I'm, you know, I think is, is very, very good. Um, obviously out of high school, top 40 player in the country got kind of gets overlooked from fans looking in. Cause they don't, you know, you don't know about him. You heard about Kendall Brown, Jeremy Sohan. These are two, you know, high level recruits, but Langston love was right there with them as far as, you mm-hmm. know, rankings, ratings, all that stuff goes. Can you just talk about his game and what people can expect when they see him on the court? Yeah, Langston's a 6'4", 6'5", player that uh, is built like a college football player. He's got a great body, very physical, and really will fit in well with the Big 12 physicality. Um, At the same time, uh, uh, someone similar to LJ, uh, he can really score it. And uh, anytime he steps on the floor, you have a – an opportunity to have somebody that finishes a game with 20 plus points can score at the rim, uh, can shoot it from deep. And probably uh, with his injury, um, the one thing he's improved in most is his shooting. Cause that's the one thing he could do uh, for the last year. And uh, I, he was always a good shooter and hopefully now he's even a better shooter uh, and somebody that uh, percentage wise uh, can go to another level as far as uh Someone could always score it, but uh, uh, now can score it uh, with with a higher uh, accuracy level. And and you got to be snipers in college because you got yeah. so many talented players around you. And, uh, he's somebody that uh, also is a great teammate, uh, doesn't force a lot, um, and makes plays for others. And uh, that's a great quality that he has because when you're a gifted scorer like him, sometimes you uh, those those players can. Uh, uh, try to do too much and, and disrupt your offense, but he's a, he's a very efficient scorer. And if he doesn't have it, he moves it, sets up his teammates. Yeah. One of the other guys coming in this year, uh, Keontae George, um, you know, what kind of shades of Isaiah Austin, Perry Jones, right? The top guy mm-hmm. from Texas going to Baylor, you know, what, what do you, as a coach, I guess, in general, what is, what are those type of guys, right? Those high profile guys that, you know, the five-star ratings or whatever, what does that do for you? And how fun is it to kind of, you know, work with what they maybe need to work on or also just like learning the tool, what they're already good at, you know, as a coach, what did those guys kind of um, do for you? Well, I think, I think it begins with, you have to have the right five-star guy. And what I mean by that is when you have five stars, you have a lot of expectations. So a lot of times a five-star person might be five-star more based on their potential rather than their production. And, and, Keontae's uh, somebody that uh, produces at a high level and you want to coach guys that are more about production than potential to begin with. Uh, but then the other thing is they have a lot of built in pressure um, from not only themselves, but uh, uh, people around them. So you have to have the right five-star guy. And, and when I say five-star guy, it could be a four or three-star, same thing. You want someone that's about the team, about winning, about uh, uh, how they can contribute to winning and helping the team. Um, because if it becomes an I thing, um, that the, that makes it hard to win. And at the end of the day, that's what we all want to do is win. So uh, Keontae is somebody that can score at all three levels, but he's a team guy. Um, he doesn't force things. It's, at times, he's too passive. Um, Mm. And he can really get it going, uh, but you need him to uh, stay aggressive uh, at all times because he's too talented uh, to just uh, drift or or, uh, become someone that's just a a spot up guy. Um, 
one thing that I've been pleasantly surprised at of is I knew he could really rebound, but defensively he can become an, uh, an elite defender. Uh, and uh, he showed flashes of that in high school, but uh, in, in college, um, that's that's one thing in high school you can't get in foul trouble in college um you ask people to 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 play defense every possession and he's someone that's capable of being an all-lead defender and then the other thing is he can really facilitate so uh uh, he can get in the paint create shots for others uh he makes great reads off of ball screens and that's something that uh uh our staff was really uh pleasantly surprised just because uh he didn't do a ton of that uh, in high school and not that he couldn't, um, but that's, that wasn't his role. And, uh, so, uh, when you have someone that has that much talent, um, you know, you don't have them as long. So, uh, 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 you're hoping that, uh, in the one or two years that you have him, uh, he's able to, uh, reach his full potential with you because, uh, like Jeremy and Kendall, when the team wins, they all benefit as we know. Yeah. It's always nice when those five stars show you even more than what they, they showed in high school. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> like, oh, he can do that too. Okay. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll take we'll take that. Um, but let, let also I went to the transfer portal obviously last year. You had to bring in, you know, James Akinjo as you know kind of lead guard situation. It worked out great for y'all. Uh this year you bring Caleb Loner from BYU, Jalen Bridges from West Virginia. Um, when you look at those two guys and what they bring, why was it important to go to the portal to to add them specifically and what do they bring? Well, when you, when you lose three wings and uh, Matt Meyer, who's won a championship and yeah. Kendall and Jeremy, you, you need to bring in people that can play right away. And uh, Jalen, somebody that's been through the big 12 wars for a couple of years. So he has that experience. He played for a hall of fame coach and coach Huggins. So um, he's very coachable. Um, and uh, he really fits our our offense and defensive uh, schemes. Uh, he's got great size, length, and he has a great skill set. So, uh, hopefully, he has a. He's been very efficient. His first year, he led the Big Twelve in three point percentage. Last year, I think led the Big Twelve in free throw percentage. So. Now we just have to give him more opportunities, and the good thing is he'll have talented players around him that hopefully make things easier for him, and at the same time, he can make things easier for those guys because uh, they all space the floor. Uh, Caleb Loner is somebody that uh, plays extremely hard, very similar to uh, Mark Vidal in uh, 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 Mr. 95 role, and what I mean by that is when you get a person that plays that hard uh, with that kind of motor, they can impact uh, uh, the game in so many different ways, from 50-50 balls to uh, offensive rebounds to defensive stops, uh, but somebody that we recruit out of high school because uh, we saw uh, we loved him as a person, but we also saw his potential as a player. And uh, at BYU, uh, they needed him more as an interior guy. So he put on strength, put on weight, uh, and played more of the five. And uh, with us, we, we he's lost that weight. We need him more on the perimeter. So somebody that uh, uh, returns more to his natural position, uh, which is somebody out on the wing. And from that uh, is somebody who can, uh, he's really worked on becoming a more consistent shooter, um, but somebody that uh, can get to the rim, create for others, draw fouls. Um, but again, someone that just impacts the game in a lot of different areas. Sure. You've been at Baylor for a while now, and you've kind of seen the Big 12, you know, fluctuate in terms of overall quality. You guys have obviously always been at the top, Kansas, of course. Uh, Texas will fluctuate tech in recent years. Um, you know, I want to ask about somebody familiar for, to you in a, in a second, but overall, is this the toughest 
the Big 12 has been since you've been there at Baylor? So this will be year 20, and it seems like every year that one question, is this the toughest it's ever been? And that's why <laughs> sure. that's why it's such a such a great league, and that's why analytically the last uh, – since 2014 it's been the top-ranked right. league. And um, you look at it, and uh, it's not one, two, or three schools. It's always top to bottom, and that's what makes a great league. There, there is no off nights. There is no easy game, and uh, not only are the – players really good uh the coaching staff's really good but you have great atmospheres and uh i remember this when i first got to baylor roy williams said the big 12 is the toughest league to win on the road and uh it, it i think that's it starts with uh, uh you got to win your home games and big 12 teams usually win their home games in the non-conference so uh it makes it a very tough league uh with the transfer portal I think uh, uh, it's allowed some schools to improve their recruiting and because of the success of the league allowed people to bring in uh, players and not have to wait three or four years for them to develop. So I think it just takes the Big 12 to another level, in my opinion. And obviously every league can do that, but I think the Big 12 has uh, been as good as anybody in the transfer portal. Yeah, I'm I'm over here in SEC country and uh, in Baton Rouge, and you know some of the, the coaches are like, yeah, the SEC best conference in the country, and I'm just like, all right, guys, hey, it's 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 getting there, it's it's good, it's great, but um, and, and every conference is every conference is really good. Um, sure. That's why you got to go to the numbers to find out who does the computer say is the best, because there is no easy easy league and there's so many talented players so many great coaches so many good environments but i'm sure the sec points football wise to the numbers and says we're the best conference because the computer yeah, says yeah. you know um sure. basketball wise we're going to do the same thing there you go there you go <laughs> all right i'd be remiss if i didn't ask about uh jerome tang um so your longtime assistant gets a head coaching job finally well deserved um i know the story i've heard the story about the champagne and you know for those of you that don't know uh, you received a bottle of champagne from somebody. You did not open it after the NIT. You did not open after the national title. You opened it after uh, Jerome Tang got his head coaching job. Why was that the moment? First of all, what did Jerome Tang mean to you throughout your career? But also, why was that the moment for you personally that you were going to open that bottle of champagne? Well, well anyone that uh, um, has been around sports, there's a million ways to do things. Um, how we do it is I, uh, I've learned through my dad is we, we all – basically uh, uh, work together. Um, it's not uh, uh, my way or the highway mentality. Everybody contributes. It's everybody's program. So uh, we don't achieve the success we do without uh, the assistance. And Jerome had obviously been here since the beginning. So it's his program as much as it is anybody else's. So a lot of times when guys leave, um, most of the things they implement is he is what they did here because uh, it was their ideas and their thoughts. It wasn't someone else's. So I say that to say uh, the program isn't where it's at today, obviously without coach Dang, cause he had a lot of input into uh, every uh, facet and every um, thing that we do in our program. And at the same time, uh, he was the last one from that original group to take a head job. Now he had had opportunities to get a head job earlier and didn't feel God called him to leave. So uh, uh, he was, uh, did a great job in, in so often assistants uh, uh, are brainwashed by everybody. You got to be a head coach, got to be a head coach. And then sometimes you take the wrong job and then 
it doesn't work out and you're like, why did I ever leave? You know, and then, uh, uh, but we all know when God calls, there's a reason. So uh, it was, it was, God had called him to K-State. He'll do a great job. Um, I've told him that uh, we just got to finish one, two in the league and he can decide. Uh, uh, I'm sure he's going to say they're one, we're two. Uh, we'll probably say we're one, he's two, you know, so, but uh, we'll cheer for him every time. Uh, except when we we play them, obviously, and he'll do a great job. He's has great staff. They're off to a great start there. Uh, but again, uh, he contributed so much uh, uh, to our program over the the twenty years. And uh, I, my daughter just went to uh, college and just uh, checked into Baylor. She's a freshman. His daughter just checked into uh, 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 Kansas State, um, but. Uh, as he'll tell you, uh, we, we worked with each other before both our daughters were born. So it's been a minute. <laughs> crazy. Man. <laughs> Don't date yourself, coach. Don't date yourself. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. <laughs> and and like, like I mentioned with the champagne, you know, why was that the moment? You know, you won a national title, right? All yeah. this stuff. Why was that the yeah. moment for you personally to be like, nope, this is the time to celebrate? Well, because uh, uh, to me, we'd done this together with all the assistance, but he was the last one to, mm. uh, to leave. And, um, uh, I knew at that time it was the right time. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, it's great that we'll see him because in, in conference, sure. you see him twice a year. The yeah, bad yeah. thing is, uh, uh <laughs> we'll see him in conference twice a year. Yeah. So I'm sure those games aren't going to be easy for either one of us. Uh, yeah. he'll know when we're calling out stuff, what plays we're running though. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. I would hope so. Um, I was watching, uh, dream Dowling's, uh, story, Instagram story. He was on live on Instagram early this morning when I woke up and him, uh, Jerome Tain, the whole K-State coaching staff's hand out, handing out donuts on campus coach. So, uh, they're, they're already, I don't know if you were handing out donuts this morning, but they're, they're got to get Alan Brooks out there. Well, well, one one of the things the last couple of years we went to K State, Coach Tang and I would always go to the same place to get this pregame donut because you know mm. we're not saying you're superstitious, but you like the same routines when you're successful, sure. right? So <laughs> anyway, I know he knows the right place to go get donuts. Varsity Donuts is pretty good. <laughs> he's gonna close it down whenever Baylor comes in. Yeah. He's like, he's like, close it down, close it down. They can't come in. Uh, you got anything else, Ish? Uh, basketball wise. Yeah. No, that was it. Is anybody going to replace that champagne bottle now? You got to have another tradition for to hold on to. <laughs> well, I I know I know one thing, and that is there's there's a reason we've been successful, and that is God's blessed our program. We have great players, um, but I'm blessed to have a great staff. And uh, if you like who you're working with, and we always say iron sharpens iron. If you get better working with the people around you every day, uh, it makes it uh, fun to go to work and. Uh, I'm blessed at Baylor with the people uh, that I'm able to learn from every day. Yeah. Well, uh, last thing for me, coach, it was, uh, it was awesome watching you on TV. Uh, obviously the tournament didn't go uh, as far as you wanted it to go, but after that, man, you, you're a natural on TV. I, I was taking notes from you. I was taking notes up there. Being like, this guy is, is, is great. We got to learn from him. <laughs> well, I, I tell you the great thing about being on TV is they got they have really nice hospitality room, you know. <laughs> they, they You're eating good, good over there, there. right? <laughs> You're eating good over there, man. They set you, they hook you up. I see why Charles Barkley likes that so much. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he, he's getting paid how much to just sit here and just talk about the game, watch golf, ball, and eat. Let's go. <laughs> it's the dream. It's the dream. But all right, coach. Uh, we 
We thank you for joining us. Um, as always, for those watching and listening, leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, subscribe on YouTube um, and share with share with friends, share with any Baylor uh, people you know. We appreciate it. Coach, thanks for joining us. And as always, we'll do this again next year. Hey, thank you guys very much. Appreciate you and all that you do. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you.